Okay, so totally shifting gears. You were just on a completely technical call that was largely and likely over both of our heads. Oh, 100%. So. <laughs> I still struggle spelling uh, IBM properly. Yeah, so. yeah, I can see that. So Friday episodes, it started, uh, actually, I think this might be like the 36th round. So I do one a week, so I'm over half a year into it. But yeah, cool. Trying to keep up with Q&A, which is tough. I right. get a lot of uh, I get a lot of questions. I try to pick topics that are uh, they come in like tranches. So I'll try to pick one from that and move on, so it's not repetitive. But having you on, having your background on leadership, should yeah. probably be the soup du jour. Good times. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go right in. I try to limit it to five minutes for okay. your answer, so it's a little bit of an economy of thought and idea. I go all. I used to have the name. And then I went all anonymous, so people don't feel, uh, worry about sending in a question. So sure. I actually, some of them you can kind of tell, or I assume that it's a guy, uh, and others you can't. So describe it in whatever terms make you Very feel well. comfortable. Question one. I'm having a debacle with my current employer. and would appreciate your thoughts on the situation. Some background info. I'm a garbage man and have been for eight years. Do you know any garbage men? I, there was a... Uh... So I went to boot camp in San Diego. <laughs> this guy, he was, uh, he, I don't know, he must have had an age waiver. He was so old, but uh, he was a garbage man and decided to join the Navy as a midlife crisis. Okay. Yeah. I know none. That's the only one. Yeah, and that actually, don't worry, was not the question, but I just yeah, okay. realized I don't know any garbage men. <laughs> I started throwing trash in the back of a truck and slowly worked my way up to a driving position. I now hold the position of a driver trainer. I'm responsible for training all new hires within my business unit or area. While holding these positions, I put myself through college to obtain a business degree. Right my, on. Yeah. My aspirations lie with getting into a leadership slash management role. I've applied for several leadership roles on multiple occasions, but continuously get passed up. They always end up hiring some tool bag that lasts a short period of time, but I'm starting to lose faith in the process and that I may not have a shot at moving up. I would appreciate any recommendations you would have towards this situation. Do you think it's time to move on to a different company or continue to cross my fingers that they'll eventually select me? I have an interview tomorrow, 1-5-2021. So this has already occurred. Hopefully it went well yeah. for a supervisor role, and I'm tossing my eggs or all my eggs in this basket for this one. Should he stick it out? Should he move on? Yeah, it's, Suggestions it's, from a leadership is that? perspective it, i mean change is hard and it's uncomfortable it scares people and so but sometimes it's the right thing to do it, it kind of sounds like it's a you know no pun intended a toxic uh work environment in that they don't appreciate the effort he's put in i mean if i was in that company and you see when you see somebody who is uh grinding it out you know year after year and showing loyalty that the loyalty is a two-way street you know this guy gal is obviously loyal to the company and, and doing additional stuff outside of the company to better himself like taking the i mean that's that is no joke i mean i did that you know trying to uh you know be a full-time active duty senior chief and master chief at the time and, and knock out a, a business degree it was a it was a pain in the ass and it was yeah. uh and so i think honestly i mean 
you might be time to look for greener pastures in some you know some place where the loyalty goes both ways. How long would you wait if you were in somebody's any business? How much time do you would be appropriate for you to smash your head against that door before you start looking at other options? You know, I think after the second or third Passover yeah. with a tool bag, as you said. Uh, that that might be the one of my favorite descriptors, yeah, by the way. Three strikes, you out. that's a great one. <laughs> uh, three strikes, you're out. I think you know it's yeah. if uh, you can't appreciate the hard work I'm doing, why am I going to remain loyal and uh, you know bust my ass for you guys? Yeah, I agree. That's one thing about leadership. I don't think people discuss enough is the loyalty aspect going both directions. Totally. If they're going to continue to hire outside and have repetitive failure, yeah. I would say that's a, you know, you got little Rudolph's red nose going off that perhaps it's time to check something yeah. else out. I mean, you want to, it's good to hire uh, outside as well. You don't want to have, because you don't want, you want to avoid groupthink at all costs. So it's good to have a fresh set of eyes come into uh, your organization. But also you want, you want to have that balance with, you know, growing your own leaders from within as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but injecting those fresh set of eyes. So, yeah. So whoever this is, guy, gal, whatever your name may be. Hopefully that you now have a supervisory role. Yeah. And if not, I would say perhaps now is the time. Yeah, but right on for, you know, grinding it out, you know, laboring you and then working on that degree and getting it. That's uh, my hat's off to you. That's no joke. Same. Okay, question two. Dr. Andy. I am a doctor. I tell people that I am, by the way. Right on, you and JT. Yeah, I have a PhD in talking shit and being sarcastic. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Full auto Friday question about toxic leadership. Have you encountered toxic leaders throughout your travels, specifically ones who were afraid to make decisions that would force them to have to explain themselves or ask permission from higher? Oh, God. Any situations that stand out to you and how did they play out for better or worse? Jason, have you ever seen toxic leadership in your travels throughout seen, the SEAL community? Seen a few. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, it's, uh, so in broad, well, we're best probably answering this in broad terms, very broad names out yeah. of it, but what stands out to you? When it comes to toxic leadership, uh, you know it almost. I'm, I'm a. I love root cause analysis. Uh, you know, Admiral Losey got me hooked on that. Like when there's a problem, get down to the root cause of it, and it treat almost, the problem, not the symptoms. Yeah, and it almost always with bad leadership uh, boils down to arrogance. Uh, in many ways, like the ones I've seen have they, and we talked about it. Uh, in the podcast a bit, the, you know, passion versus emotion, right? Passionate leaders, they are, uh, they love the, the problem and really want to find a solution. The, uh, arrogant, the emotional leaders love this, their solution to the problem and they don't really listen. And, you know, people want to go to work for somebody they like, right? They, and they're going to bust their ass for you, uh, if they like you. And, but, you know, part of that is empowering them. You don't, no company, SEAL teams or Fortune 500 company or the, you know, the Scilabs in our store, the companies I work with now, uh, we don't go out of our way to hire buffoons and idiots. You hire good people. Uh, Who sometimes turn into buffoons and idiots. They can't, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you get it right as we, uh, yeah. have, watching the news, yeah. you know, sometimes we get it wrong. Uh, but we get it right about 90% of the time, and I think that's probably standard throughout, you know. that's I would say that's a pretty damn successful yeah. rate. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about human beings. Sometimes it's right. a coin toss. It is. A t I mean, the human the humans, <laughs> humans are a gray area. You never know what you're going to get. But, uh, 
so you hire intelligent people and you want to empower them, right? And those those kind of toxic leaders don't do that. They don't empower people. They struggle explaining why you're doing something. Like my first experience in the SEAL teams, I remember talk, uh, calling my dad and talking to him about this, was like, you know, my first platoon, we're sitting in a room and I was shocked that, you know, a guy with one platoon under his belt would question the OIC of the platoon. Like, why are we doing that? And, but it was, it was good because the OIC would fire back, here's why, and here, yeah. lay it out. And those toxic leaders the, really don't do that. And, and I think it's because they're either unsure of themselves or they don't know why they're doing it or they don't have the courage to stand up and ask why to their higher ups. But, uh, or th- how about, you know, their higher ups in the chain, or how about you ask the why to your chief, to your LPO, to, yeah. who are below you technically in the rank period. Right. Solicit guidance and feedback. I mean, how valuable is a a seasoned troop chief or platoon chief? Oh, my God. I mean, fuck. They are the knowledge yeah. nucleus of that. But they're junior. I mean, this most junior ensign is senior to the most senior E9. Yeah, right. We can agree that's not. You brought that up to me, in fact, when you put on your little ensign I know. butter bars. You can call me yeah. sir now if you want to. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but here's the deal. I mean, like, that's how it might be on rank yeah. paperwork. Yep. If you're actually trying to live that in reality, yeah. stand by. Because that E9 might just take you behind the Connex boxes and knock your fucking teeth out. <laughs> you should. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, but again, I didn't go to the academy. I've had great experience with academy officers. Also, yeah. not some great ones. Totally. Um, but they go through, I have to guess, a lot of classes on leadership and probably some management stuff. And a lot of people, I think, actually confuse leadership and management from time to time. Yeah. But they're thrust into a position where they are in charge because it's a rock, paper, rank organization. Yep. But the dude working right underneath them, that seven probably getting ready to put on eight. Yeah. It's probably got two decades of experience. 100%. That's a tough place to be. Yeah. I mean, you actually, you're in that spot right now. You are, you're the CEO of a tech company. Correct. And you know more about tech than me now because you're working one, but we're both morons in that field. Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> and I'm reminded of that 10 times a day when I talk to the, yeah. the team. I'm just like, man, I'm a dumbass. But but you're you're recognizing that, and I've listened to you on calls for the last few days or been around when you're doing work. You're, you know, you're there leading, not trying to do their jobs. You're letting yeah. the experts in the field do their expert stuff. And for me, in the community, I mean, I tell people, when they ask about leaders, I'm like, listen, the best leaders that I ever worked with were in the SEAL teams. Yeah. Comma. The worst leaders I've yeah. ever worked with were in the SEAL teams. some bad ones. Yeah. Was that your experience too? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And one of the biggest things was they just, it was all about them. Like you said, they loved the solution, not the problem. They wanted to be the person to be able to raise their hand and say it was my plan. And they just wouldn't, so, like. It's arrogance, man. They, and they wouldn't ask why. My favorite question, and especially when it came to things like. IADs, immediate action drills, were maneuvering around, or a clearance tactic, just yeah. to say to people, "Hey, why do we do this?" Hundred percent. And if you can't tell me why, that's it's okay because we can fill in that back that yeah. background of knowledge. We can backfill that. But if you're cool with not knowing the why, yeah, I'm not cool with that at all. No, guys, will, guys <laughs> will eat a shit sandwich if you explain why they're going to yes. do it, why this is important. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the failures in leadership I've found over the years have been not explaining why, yeah. not having a good answer, and just, and then then you couple that with an arrogance going, we're gonna do it anyway. It's like, that's the wrong answer, particularly when you have a high-performing team, you have a group of talented people, which, like I said earlier, you, that's what you try to hire to. They're, they're more than capable of understanding why you're doing it. And as a leader, if I can't explain the why, I, 
I probably need to rethink what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. You know? And dive into being able to figure out that why. Oh, totally. And the end of this, you know, how did it play out for better or worse? And I don't know why this is the case, but in the leaders that I was around that I would describe being the most toxic, at the end of the day, it impacted them very little, but yeah. it had a tremendous impact on the people that were around them. Totally. So the way it played out is they somehow survived. Right. And it augured in the people that were around them to the point some people were like, you know what? I don't um, want to be a SEAL anymore. I'm out of here. Oh, totally. That's where, I mean, I saw a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, saw it with a lot of JOs and you saw it with, uh, you know, that kind of E5, E6. Like, why the hell would I, you know, one bad leader will, you know, lo- you can lose a talent that, you know, for, yeah. for good. Question three, touch longer. 24 years old, young man who just got promoted into a managerial position at my workplace and I have not yet had the opportunity to lead a team in a civilian institute. As I am close to finishing my bachelor's degree study in general management, I more than often had the opportunity to read books and articles about leadership, but as I said, I have never had the chance to practice it. You've mentioned in your podcast before that while you were in the military, you experienced some of the greatest as well as some of the worst kind of leadership. As a part-time soldier myself, I absolutely agree. As the military service in Switzerland is mandatory, there are many young and unexperienced men in leadership positions, and of course, some of them just do a horrible job in leading. Just trying to be the alpha male of a group obviously does not make you a good leader. I could not fucking oh, agree that more. <laughs> yeah, that's so spot on. I would like to do a better job in leading uh, as those above mentioned leaders, and I'm trying to find out what I should do or not do or how I should behave to be a good leader. I am well aware that there is a ton of literature which I could consult, but believe me, that's basically what I did for the last couple of years. Your analytical and clear-minded way of thinking about things impresses me. This is why I would like to hear your opinion about what it takes to be a good leader and what you personally expect from your leaders and from yourself if you are in a leadership position. That's a great question, or a great one. Uh, You know, to start off with, when he says he doesn't have any experience leading, that's, that's not true. And I think a lot of military guys and gals, when they get out, um, they don't realize the depth of knowledge and leadership they actually have because they're either they're in the military, you're either you're leading or you're being led at all times, at all times. And so it might be you leading yourself or leading one other person or, you know, you're or, you know, you're being you're or you're a good follower and you're uh, underneath another leader. And, and so you have the experience in leadership. You've seen good and bad in that environment. And so, you, you know, I think there's a, a lot of the military, a lot of vets have a lack of confidence that it translates to the private sector. I'm telling you flat out, it it's the same thing. Especially you know? if they had what they would consider be um, less than average experience or a lower than average rank. Sure. That seems to really color their yeah. opinions on their ability to lead as well but or their experience with it. Yeah, and, I, and I've, you know, I, I can tell you firsthand that even those junior you know, an E4, E5 getting out of only a couple of years in, they still know how to lead and, and they're, uh, and they're farther ahead of their age group in, in knowing that leadership. Uh, but in terms, of, I mean, there's a thousand books out there, right? But you know, I've, I've, you can really keep, just keep it simple, right? One, don't be a dick. I mean, be humble. Being humble is huge. No, you be a dick sometimes. Be an asshole. No, not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there's a fine line there, right? But uh, which I flirted with throughout my entire you career. Enti- I, I will verify that for <laughs> the entire audience. But uh, the uh, you know, keep it simple, right? Don't uh, don't overthink it. Be humble. Know where you're weak, and and know your strengths. 
and try to capitalize your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, look at, know what your weak, be very cognizant of your weaknesses and then find those people who are going to complement your strengths and weaknesses, right? And get them involved. Um, and, and I mean, the default position needs to be lead by example. It, you set the tone, right? You're, if you're in a leadership role, all eyes are on you whether you want it to or not. I, I mean, I, that was a lesson learned perpetually throughout my career. You know, if me as a, uh, here's the best example on leading by example. Uh, Gary Richard, one of the most humble dudes I know, the Commodore of Group One when I was a CMC. Uh, you know, the public works was terrible about mowing the grass at Group One. Now, the Group One building at the time was, it's the oldest building on the base. It's You're talking about the one just inside of NAB yeah. on the left? Yeah. It was built that in World building, War II. No, that building was built shortly after Washington crossed the Delaware. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it was, as soon as they figured out what asbestos was, and they filled the building with it. Let's make the entire building of asbestos. Oh, yeah. my God, that was a pain in the ass. Yeah. But So it, it looked it looked shitty on the outside because the grass was never mowed. So one weekend, you know, he puts on his little uh, Patriots hoodie and his cutoff shorts, and he's out there mowing the grass. It's like an acre with his push mower. It just so happened that... Uh, you know, some junior kid was coming into work that day to catch up on some stuff, you know, it's on a Saturday, and uh, that spread like wildfire. And guess what? We never had to field day the building because the entire uh, organization made sure shit was picked up all the time and kept clean because if the boss is out- Because they didn't want to see the Commodore doing it. Yeah, right. And it was, it set, just set a great example. And I think you can always, you know, that's a default position is just set the standard and be aware of your weaknesses and uh, and just always be humble, right? Yeah, and you know, no words were said in that. That's leadership None. absent having to sit there and break people down or yell at people. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, I mean, you look at the movie Full Metal Jacket, which yeah, is fucking awesome. amazing. It's awesome. And obviously the Marine Corps uh, drill instructor who was hired to be the technical advisor, yeah. and I guess the actor just couldn't get it, and they're like, you're in, dude. It's the best 15 minutes in any movie. It's insane. But m- a lot of people I know think... Oh, that's what military leadership is. It's yeah. like, listen, that's boot camp. Right. And also, that's Marine Corps boot camp. Right. Where they're transitioning you from, from civilian fuckwit yeah. to military fuckwit. Yeah. So you got to grind <laughs> the gears and make the sausage a bit. Incredible amounts of oversight, incredible amounts of in-your-face, over-the-top yeah. leadership or guidance. But that's not the way that it generally is. Not at all. Now, don't get me wrong. I got yelled at plenty of times when I was in the SEAL team. Sure. Each and every time, deserved. 100%. Um. I mean, I didn't feel like I deserved it in the moment, but like now that I look back, I'm like, yeah, Dumbass. well played. Dumbass, yeah. But that, you know, the Commodore out there mowing the lawn is the exact opposite of that. Totally. So I, I can think of a great example too. On the East Coast, newer guy at Gold Squadron, and I would want to come in early in the morning and work out. And I remember yeah. doing, even in the wintertime in Virginia Beach, which, right. you know, not necessarily as cold there as it is here. 36 and raining. Nice. But dude, the wind, you know, like doing yeah. an early morning run down to the, you know, the South Fence and back. Yeah. And I would generally, I'd go in early, and I remember one time, I'm sitting like, yeah, dude, I'm kicking ass. And as I'm going to start my run, my team leader is finishing his run. Uh, And he just gives me the little head, like the little head nod. I was like, damn it. God damn it. Like, I can do better. Like, he set the example, totally inspirational and aspirational. Right on. Never, and he he ever never said a word about it. And then, you know, again, we're surrounded by, even at that command, a few fat fucks yeah. who are doing that's the opposite cool. of that. And then, and that's something you have to be cautious of too because people are looking at you if you're a leadership position. Oh, yeah. And if your words say one thing and your actions say another, totally. be prepared for them to pay attention to the actions, yeah. not the words. Oh, that's such a spot-on assessment. Yeah, and you, you do see that. It's you, there, eyes, All eyes are on you all the time. 
You roll your eyes in a brief, and that that whole point is lost. And I've done, I've made that mistake. And uh, I have also made that mistake. Yeah, and you just can't, you can't do that. You just need to be uh, really above reproach in many ways. Behind closed doors, you can vent and yeah. and show some emotion to the right crowd. To the right, not crowd. to your subordinates. Oh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> but I mean, I guess the, the wrap it all up the, for the for the veterans out there. I mean, you, you know more than you think. So, uh, you, it's it's good to have a healthy self doubt in your abilities. I think that uh, shows humility and it motivates you to improve, but also have some, you know, couple that with confidence. You actually know more than you think you do. Yep. All right. So the first three are on leadership. This one is a little bit uh, different. I'm curious to get your, your take on this a little bit long too. So Andy, I enjoy your podcast and I've heard you speak about emails in your podcast and you give insight and I'm seeking advice. I'm having some issues with life and work and I'm interested if you or anyone you know are experiencing my issues. I'm active, don't live off soda and donuts, and I preface with that due to some of my issues. I'm also a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I exercise regularly, at least, at least to the point of not being a fat slob, but the fight is daily. After a less than banner childhood, I joined the Army National Guard, but due to timing, turned into about 3.5 years active in a deployment in 0203 to Afghanistan. My deployment was not all cool movie shit, but we still had to had some horrible what the fuck moments. Since then, I have been an LEO for 16 years, mostly in the detective field, and have dealt with every horrible kid fucker, dead body, fill in the blank in that time. I don't know if I'm a pussy or it's just wearing on me, but I'm starting to have issues both physically and emotionally. Hmm. I'm having difficulty focusing, memory issues, simple typing, spelling and trouble holding in my emotions. I'm no genius, but I hold a master's degree in public policy, and sometimes it takes just an extra second to remember my daughter's name. It's not that I don't know it. It's just that it takes me an extra moment to find it. I used to be able to fall asleep on a scene at work, no matter how horrible. Now I have trouble not crying in front of the family. Every joint in my body is one bad day from giving up. I've had knee surgeries and a pending shoulder. I feel like I'm falling apart both medically and emotionally. I just uh, feel full, like I can't deal with one more scene or one more asshole in the world. Are my symptoms anything you have ever experienced or heard from others when maybe somebody has, or from maybe somebody who has seen or dealt with too much? Oh, my God. I mean, that's like, that that's PTSD and TBI in a nutshell, you know? And It's uh, a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> and it's that's really commonplace, you know? Yeah. And I think... And it requires to be like the fact he's talking about it, it's huge and, and it's finding people you can talk to about it. But there's also, I mean, there's treatments like we talked about the psycho, uh, psychedelic treatments for that. And but which I'm going to guess for this person, Elio, that's off the table. Sure. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, I mean, the, the, the bulk of the issues, discipline issues we dealt with, or unfortunately, like they suicides, were, a man, they were a manifestation of. The, I, I describe this stuff, and again, obviously not an expert, but I describe people's stress, the ability to, uh, to handle stress. You know, I have yeah. a, a jug here that can hold a thousand milliliters of water, and maybe that's me. Yeah. And then there were other people that could hold a thimble. Right. And then there were other people who were a redneck guzzler, 64 ounce. Yeah. And so all three of us could be in the same situation, and it starts filling up and filling up and filling up. Some people's will... F- spill over. Yeah. Others develop coping mechanisms that help drain it. But at some point, if you don't do something to deal with the volume increasing, right. it will splash over. And yeah. that is what I when you're talking about the discipline issues. Yeah. In my un, you know, 
non-professional opinion, I would say a lot of that was manifesting from the stuff building up its side and just expressing in really shitty behavior totally. or decision making. Yeah, and uh, and it's you know when he's like, "Am I a pussy?" Like, no, absolutely not, right? Yeah, and we, and you, you wouldn't you, have done it for sixteen years and done all this stuff if you were a pussy, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it and you can't put like the same threshold on every single per- everybody's going to react differently, and it's not you or your mental toughness. It's it's the way your brain's wired, man, and you know you can't. Um, and it's really hard to fix that. And you know, first and foremost, don't self medicate. You know, I mean, how many guys do we know that their lives been ruined or they end tragically? Or ended up dead in their late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, from just, you know, the yeah. pounding booze every night and then getting hooked on drugs or whatever else, uh, trying to trying to find a way to cope. Uh, you know, and, and find those, I, I think it's hugely important to talk and get a support group. I mean, you know, if there's a support group out there nearby where it's veterans or just talk to anybody who's another vet to, to air it out. You know, initially up until, you know, the mid 2000s, I think uh, it really wasn't addressed and it was yeah. never addressed in Vietnam. And, it, you know, almost a stigma attached, I would say, to yeah. a degree. Oh, completely. It's like I pussy. And it's like, no, negative, man. People uh, there's baggage that comes with it. Uh, that book on killing, I think, you know, when that came out and people started reading it, that's when you saw a paradigm shift and, and certainly an NSW on uh, the mental health aspect of it and like things like the third location, uh, decompression, TLD, stop, yeah, third, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and talking about it. And I think once you kind of break the seal on that and you start talking about it, you realize there's, you're not alone. There's a, thousands of others like you, men and women who served in, and again, it's not, you know, it's not a, there's no thresh, minimum threshold for it. You could see one thing and it can affect yeah. you for life, or you could, you know, see a thousand things and you're fine. You know, you can't, it's, it's as unique as each individual is. But I think, uh, you know, talking about it's huge. Don't self-medicate. Uh, you know, you got pain, maybe rethink how you're doing your workouts and, and good quality nutrition is huge. You know, I, you see guys with, uh, it's, I think some of the studies are fascinating with a ketogenic diet and, and MCT oil and, uh, and brain health. And I think, yeah. you know, switch, uh, I remember years ago talking to a, a dude who was in gray team and, uh, with, and he was, we, we were passing each other, but he's like, Hey man, you remember when like on those rough nights you're throttling the boat and it's just, you're not how bad the nods were. They kept going out every time he took a hard hit. I'm like, yeah, he's like, the nods were fine. That was your brain. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. And, uh, you know, it's Pete yeah. Cabell. He was out talking about it. And I'm like, well, what do you do about it? And now things have evolved to, like I said, the psychedelics and other treatments. Yeah. But initially he's like, the best success I had was uh, kind of doing a, a keto diet or, a, you know, and really eating clean. And resetting your brain. 100%. Yeah. And I think it does that. And then in terms of, uh, you know, like all of us who did time in the military for, for extended periods, particularly, uh, out on the east coast there the uh when you retire and you go under the mris and they're looking at your joints you're like holy shit you lit up like a christmas tree and your your body is beat up so uh instead of trying to do try by fran uh every day it's i got smarter and switched to kettlebells and, and taking uh you know it's okay to take a walk as you know cardio yeah you know this to me it's it's so common i saw it in myself, I saw it in the SEAL community. Mm-hmm. I get a bunch of emails from Elio like this, and it's just indicative of, I mean, if you're if you're having trouble controlling your emotions or you're always at that point where you're going to lose control of it, that is indicative to me of an issue that you need to handle or yeah. that, that the issue is going to handle you. Absolutely. And 
there's so for the LEOs, I've had quite a few reach out because one of their main concerns is getting their badge and gun taken away. Sure. So uh, I might be messing this up a little bit. I don't know the size of your department, but I had a guy reach out to me from New York City, basically saying that a lot of large organizations have people that you can get in contact with to talk to, even right. if you're not a part of that organization. Cool. If you're worried about the internal yeah. uh, churn coming back to you, so reach out to other organizations or other guys that you know with the point of not stopping until you find a way to either talk with somebody or join a group yeah. or deal with this because I understand the desire to not lose your lose your badge and gun. Like sure. I totally get that. But I want you to get the help that you need as opposed to having something express on the job with your badge and gun. Yeah. That's going to negatively impact not only you but the entire occupation. And you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Yep. It, it's bigger than you, right? So you need, you know, uh, if you try to big tough frogman it out by yourself, it, it's not going to end well. You, you know, it's it's it'll it's, handle you if you don't handle it. Hundred percent. It's yeah. okay to ask for help. And there's people, thousands of people out there in the same exact situation that, and it and it's good to see people talking about it and getting the help because it's it fucking sucks, man, when somebody yep. you know kills themselves or drinks themselves to death. It's, it's, it's the worst. Tragic and it's, it's preventable. Yeah. So. Shifting to the last question, cherry on top. I told you it was coming. This might be the most important question of the day. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time caller. After watching the Bud's documentary, 234, I'm left with a perplexing question. How and when do recruits take a shit during Hell Week, or Bud's in general? Also, what are some of the other areas or topics not commonly discussed regarding Bud's? Wow, man. <laughs> you, and it's almost like... Truly a great question. You, it is a great question, and uh, I'm going to completely embarrass myself here <laughs> with the Hell Week story. So you remember the dude I, I talked about who... Uh, in the podcast, who he uh, quit the second he put the regulator in his mouth. Yes. So, but he was hard as hell in Hell Week, and uh, we're standing outside the uh, Chow Hall on, on base there. NAB side. NAB side. Yep. You know, paddle out, protecting the boats, and there's no bushes, there's no port of shit or anywhere. And I'm like, hey, Parrish. He's like, what's up, bro? I'm like, I have to take a dump, dude. And he's like, bro. It's Hell Week, man. It's the only time in life you're gonna be able to get away with doing it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just trying to hold it in. I'm finally. I knew we had a hygiene inspection coming up, so I just cleared, let it go right cleared there. hot and just fired away. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean like it, it buds is uh. So yeah, that people was, shit in buds everywhere. I watched a guy completely. shit while running on a four mile time run and barely broke stride, <laughs> just kicked it out of his greens leg, yeah, and just like a little bit of like one legged hopping, kicked out a fucking solid turd rock, and then just continued on. It's it's terrible, man. Like we had a dude like every conditioning run, like you had to be in front of him because he, you know, it was just falling off his UDT shorts. <laughs> but uh, we had one. Uh, we were we were down at Camp Surf. And uh, we're we were digging this giant ass hole in the sand, and, and uh, the the OIC was like uh, of the training. It was he's like, you guys all look like you need to take shits. So lock arms, you know, forward march, march down to ocean, you know, waist deep. Prepare to drop trow, drop trow. Prepare to take shit, take shit, and like thirty dudes just ploop. Yeah, that's I'm actually like, the most common way the students shit in Hell Week because we go tell them to go into the ocean and they just, just take a shit. Out. But yeah, like, like buds. I mean, buds. Nor outside of Hell Week, uh, or you know, people inking during uh, knot tying or pool comp. There's been <laughs> yeah, there's been a few. It's like octopus, man. It's Octopi. the worst when it's just 
Dish. And then you and they're like, oh, I understand why the combat training tank is 99% chlorine and 1% water as totally. opposed to the other way around. I tried to do that, not counting for all the, uh, you know, all the that kind of stuff in there. You you watch kids swim in the pool for two hours straight and nobody gets out to go to the bathroom. And I, I did the math. It's like a 55-gallon drum of Piss. Like urine every in that time. pool every day. But uh, there's enough time, like, in, in, like the, the schedule is such. It's not, uh, you know, it's not six months of, 24 7 in your face so i mean it's that's yeah. probably the number one thing i think is not discussed is on most weeks it's monday through friday 6 a.m well maybe 5 a.m until 5 p.m yeah yeah and there's a, there's a lunch break in there and and uh you yeah, have I mean, time to go to the bathroom like a normal human being most of the time that's hell week and i think that's yeah. the, or not hell week that's first phase and in second second phase is a little bit more of a grind because <laughs> the night shifts and or the night dies but we still give them bathroom breaks and, yeah, and food breaks and all sorts of stuff yeah and i think that that's one of the challenges of first phase especially is you have you're, you're done at five at night and you have all that time to think about all the shit you gotta deal with the next day because it's gonna start all over again and yeah. be equally as bad yeah i've watched i've watched far too many human being shit i think for Hundred percent for like a you know a sample size of one just me like I'd, I've seen way too many strangers shit it's uh God it was the worst because we would make the person who shit usually upon passing out get a garbage baggie and then go and collect all the fucking particles that they could it's like God damn it yeah I know it's it's funny like you'd see it yeah, not tying it would happen all the time anytime you're in a breath hold and probably you're like, like the panicking. 50 underwater too i'm sure that got a couple people oh, inking, oh yeah inking is the best way to inking, yeah that's what it is it's like you see, you'd be observing it you see like a cloud and it's like oh god damn it out of the pool yeah and uh yeah what that, else what else is not discussed about buds i mean it to be honest, it's pretty well documented at this point. I bet you you could go online and find a day-by-day schedule. Oh, totally. At least written by a student. Yeah, yeah. So if people are going to do that, are they looking to do that as a, like a training tool? Just be cautious. It may not be completely accurate. But yeah, I don't know. Uh... And even if it is, it, you can't, it, what it looks like on paper is nothing what it's going to be like on, on land. Yeah. And maybe the only other thing that's not talked about as much is just how chafed some sensitive areas Holy of your body crap. get. yeah. And then when I went through, uh, you know, they switched the button fly camis, but yeah. we used to have those greens with the zipper. That's what I had. Oh, I mean, I caught myself in that quite a few times. Oh, yeah, like a, an aggressive zip up? Yeah. You're like, yeah. And then, and then you, you don't even know how to, I mean, you're, you're just so <laughs> emasculated at that point. You don't know, you're just kind of like, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? I can't, you know, you don't want to pull it down. It's, uh, what's that scene? Something about Mary? <gasps> yes. How'd you get the beans about, about the Franks? Franks? God. They sprayed it with the antiseptic. Yeah, oh, I'm God. like, okay, I've seen that happen probably once a day in uh, first <sighs> phase with those greens. Yeah. That's the best ending ever. On that note, let's get you to the airport. Fucking hey. <laughs> the west bank of the river. That's a farm, west bank, and gives me hell. Still give it to me in the grove. Okay, once in from the north, I've got the west bank of the river. Who's going to give it to you in the grove? Roger, give me that gun run. Right along that bad, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to tune in, whether you're listening on an audio-only platform or you're watching on YouTube. I appreciate that you take the time every week to tune in. People ask me a lot, what can they do to help me spread the word? And the answer is actually embedded in the question. The biggest thing you guys can do to help me if you enjoy the podcast and you think it would be helpful to others is subscribe and Share it with other people. And if you have the time, go on to Apple Podcasts and 
leave me a rating and a review. If you think the podcast sucks, tell me it sucks and leave a zero star review or the lowest stars possible. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, you can go to clearedhotpodcast.com. And there is a contact me button right there, which will land in my inbox. And the last thing, if people are interested in helping out, what you can do is fly the old flag. And by that, I don't mean an actual flag because I don't have any of those. I'm talking about t-shirts or sweatshirts or hats, whatever it may be. Again, clearedhotpodcast.com. Click on the shop tab and hopefully something in there looks like it would be an item you would like to wear around town. And then you can tell people what it is when they ask you. But that is it. The biggest thing I can say is thank you. I truly appreciate it. And until next time, see you.